Hi there, folks. Zach here, your resident ABM. I am just giving you a quick warning. If you don't already know, I'm a foul mouth SOB. I cuss quite a bit, um, especially when I'm fired up or angry. And as you know, this is the Angry Black Man podcast. I'm not always angry, but I probably do always cuss. I would feel bad for it. It just doesn't work. It's kind of the way I am. However, I would like to say this. Mama, if you're listening, I apologize. The rest of you have to get used to it. I cuss. Be prepared. If you don't want somebody to hear me cussing, um, don't let them hear you playing this podcast. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the ABM Podcast. I am Zach, your resident angry black man, and though I sometimes be angry, I am glad you're here. Uh, Today, I am going to do a little revamp of something I did before. Uh, A previous episode of mine was entitled uh, Fuck the NFL, and um, you probably, if you heard that, know exactly how I feel um, about it about the NFL as the, as the football league, but I, I missed a couple of points that I wanted to share. So I'm going to revamp, but that's going to happen in the first kind of half hour or so here. The second half, I'm going to bring up something else uh, NFL related, uh, particularly that I saw in the news recently that really sort of set me off. <coughs> I'll let you hear that um, in the second um, half hour here after a little break. But first l- let me get to this. Um, the NFL has recently released a couple different statements and it keeps changing its tune. Um, It put out a a, a statement. Well, you know what? Let me go back. Let me explain a little bit of sort of the structure of the NFL because it's important to know who we're talking about when we say the NFL. Now, whenever you hear the NFL speak, you hear the NFL commissioner, a man named Roger Goodell who is himself an interesting character, but I'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> but the, Roger Goodell works for the NFL. He also is the NFL commissioner, which means he's like the CEO of the NFL. But you have to understand what the NFL is. The NFL, if you don't know, is the National Football League, and it's the big league uh, of the major league of, the, of American football um, here in America. And essentially in the world. So if someone wins the championship, the Super Bowl in the NFL, the National Football uh, League, it's interesting that if you have the National Football League and you win the Super Bowl, you become the world champions. But, you know, score one for American arrogance. Anyway, it's considered the pinnacle of American-style football. Uh, played here in, in the U.S. It's the league. Now you got to understand the league though is made up of 32 teams. Teams can also be known as clubs or franchises. But let's be very clear: they, like the NFL itself, are businesses. The NFL is a business. These 32 teams, clubs, are businesses. They're companies in a sense, and they each one of them have uh, ownership. They have an owner. Uh, in most cases, it's usually one individual or maybe a company owned by an individual. You may have like a group of uh, like partners that all got together and whatnot to put up some money. But there's usually a majority leading owner uh, of uh, the uh, the team. Uh, I think there's one example. I forget which team. I think it's Green Bay. That's like owned by the city or the people or something like that. But for the most part, an NFL club, a franchise, I don't care who it is, whether it's the Denver Broncos, the San Diego or L.A. Chargers, the the, the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins, the Houston Texans, whoever, New England Patriots, you name them, they all usually have an owner. And the owner is essentially the money person, Right. And it's expensive to own an NFL team. So for the most part, when we're talking about the owners of the league, we're talking about the 32 billionaires um, that um, are in charge or own these various teams. Okay? Um, So it's important to understand that when we say the league, we're talking about that collection. So imagine a big conference room, 32 people sitting around it. They're all... um, uh, billionaires. Each one of them represents a team because they own a team. And then there's the CEO of the NFL, the commissioner, that's Goodell. He's sitting there and let's say he's sitting at the head of the table because he's the commissioner, but you have to understand 
like any other CEO of a company, but there's a board that runs the company, he works for them, not the other way around. So Roger Goodell is the NFL commissioner, and he's the figurehead of the NFL. He's the executive. He's the one that runs the day-to-day operations of the league, and they negotiate the contracts with the referees union, the players union, and they talk about rules and stuff like that. And you may have you know, various committees made up of head coaches and general managers, maybe a couple of owners and stuff, but the CEO of the NFL is Goodell, who runs the company, and I'm going to call it a cartel. And I looked up the definition of cartel. This is why I'm using it. Uh, one of the definitions of a cartel is a combination of independent commercial industrial imp- uh, enterprises designed to limit competition or fix prices. And that's exactly what they do. This is a group of companies who all get together and form this one league. And this is the only league where it's the, it's the highest league of football uh, in the world. They decide who the world champions are based on the playoff system and the rules that they set up. They decide if rules change from year to year. Um, And they get together and talk about things like salary caps and all this other stuff. So all these rules are set up by these 32 billionaires that run this league. And you have American youth and, and, you know, particularly American youth, but youth all over the world killing themselves, doing whatever they can to hopefully get a shot at playing in this league because that's where the money is, right? Now, a couple of things to understand, though, is that, um, again, the commissioner is the figurehead. He speaks for the NFL, okay? Uh, And he did uh, recently, a while back, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find this really quickly. Um, A while back at the beginning of um this whole um week's worth or actually at this point it's like two weeks long of all the uh the 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 protests and the unrest that have gone on uh not as a result but partly as a result of the killing of george floyd that so many of us saw the video of the tragic video of George Floyd being murdered by police officers, not just the one who had his knee on his neck, but all the others that watched and helped and protected him, uh, the cop who was kneeling on his neck when he was being killed. We all watched that. And America had, you know, gone through a significant amount of unrest since then. You know, 150 cities have, you know, protests that turn into riots, that turn into looting, that turn into burning. Um, the world is watching. You've got New Zealanders out in the winter out there doing the haka, screaming Black Lives Matter and Aboriginal Lives Matter. You've got a Scottish member of parliament in the UK yelling at uh, 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 Boris, the, 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 the prime minister of the UK, you know, daring him to say Black Lives Matter on the floor of the parliament. You know, you've got people the world over saying this is sad. This is terrible. Why is this happening? Right. Just looking at it because it was hideous. I was shocked because conservative radio pundits like uh, Rush Limbaugh were saying how this was tragic and it was unbelievable. It's it's this has affected the world differently than any other uh, police killing of another black man. It's, it's been a very significant um, sort of response, both from the people in general and you'll find from companies and organizations. No kidding. If you look at Netflix, Netflix has an entire section now called Black Lives Matter. So does Amazon Prime. So does Audible. Um, you cannot go to a website now without seeing Black Lives Matter somewhere. I went to my Amazon. I was going to go buy some toothpaste on Amazon. It says Black Lives Matter up there. All right. Everybody's mentioning this now. Uh, you can't go to a website without a company having a statement about how they support black lives and, and whatnot. Companies are doing it because they're realizing they don't want to get left out. They don't want to be the ones who kept silent when all this stuff was going on. The NFL is no different because, remember, the NFL is a business run by 32 billionaires who are not in this because they like football and want to lose money. All right. Remember, billionaires aren't billionaires because they're good at not making money. These people have a vested interest because they spend a lot of money to make a lot of money. All right. And their figurehead, you know, the guy who speaks, he's basically the puppet, the mouth for the league, which is made up of the of, of those 32 billionaires mostly, but all the other people in charge. All right. So he made a statement when this all this first began. 
he re, uh, and it's, it says here, the NFL commissioner, uh, Roger Goodell, released a statement regarding the tragic death of George Floyd. And this is here's what he says, quote, the NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. Uh, pause right there for a second. Who the fuck is us? Do you really think he, the commissioner of the NFL, feels the same pain, anger, and frustration as the rest of, quote-unquote, us? Let me explain something, folks. Uh, the NFL commissioner makes $40 million a year. And I'm going to demonstrate here in a second how he is paid more than the highest paid player in the league. The man makes 40, uh, he was going to make $40 million this year. I think he made a big deal of it in the news about foregoing his salary this year and whatnot. And, and, and because the NFL isn't playing right now, or they're not about to play, or they might have a late start to their season because of COVID, but the man makes $40 million a year. So let's understand he ain't starving. Okay. I don't know how frustrated and angry he is. I don't know how many times he's been roughed up by the police or profiled or how many people who look just like him have been murdered uh, in front of him by cops. So, you know, the, 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 I'm curious as to what he means here by us. But we'll put that aside for a second. I'll continue with, what he, with his statement here. He continues, quote, Our deepest condolences go out to the family of Mr. George Floyd and to those who have lost loved ones, including the families of Ms. Breonna Taylor in Louisville and Mr. Ahmaud Arbery, the cousin of Tracy Walker of the Detroit Lions. Uh, pause there. Why the fuck is it necessary to bring up their names and point out that Ahmaud Arbery is the cousin of an NFL player? Not sure, but leaving that alone. Uh, he continues to say, quote, there remains much more to do as a country and league. Uh, these tragedies inform the NFL's commitment and our ongoing efforts. There remains an urgent need for action. We recognize the power of our platform in communities and as part of the fabric of American society, we embrace that responsibility and are committed to continuing the important work to address these systemic issues together with our players, clubs, and partners. End quote. So that was a statement of um, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. And let's just say, because he's the mouthpiece of the NFL, the NFL in general, back on May 30th. Now, a week later, they had some different things to say, because quite frankly, there was a response to what he had to say. And it was some BS. OK, I mean, it really was. But again, you know, he's the figurehead. Now, he released that it was just a statement that was released, and I first saw it on Twitter because the NFL, of course, like every other significant organization in America, has a Twitter page, and it was just tweeted. A statement I just read was just tweeted out on May 30th, uh, the afternoon of May 30th. Later on, um, he went on, and I'm going to see if I can find the, the other statement that he made real quick here, but essentially they changed their tune. Uh, the NFL did. And um, mind you, um, Goodell is the spokesperson for the NFL. All right. What's interesting to me is for them to say that, you know, we it, it is essentially our hearts go out. We feel your pain type shit, let alone the fact that, oh, about four years ago in 2016, when an NFL player by the name of Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee to address as as his form of silent protest. And, and his way of bringing um, attention to the way, the violent way that black men are being handled by police in America and the way they're being killed, America, <laughs> America KKK, um, many of whom love them some NFL football, America lost its collective mind. Um, America, America KKK, went berserk. Fans of the NFL, not all, again, not all, but a lot of them lost their shit, and everybody had an opinion, including the current pussy grabber in chief who lives in the White House. America lost their fucking mind. How dare Colin Kaepernick kneel during the anthem before the football game? That was his protest. Now, mind you, at first, he was sitting down during the anthem. 
But he spoke with, and I forget the gentleman's name off the top of my head, he spoke with a, a, a man who was a, a, a soldier in the Army. He was actually a former Green Beret who spoke to Kaepernick and said, listen, I understand why you're protesting, and, and I appreciate that. But rather than sitting during the anthem, which can seem as just flat-out disrespectful, take a knee. Kneel during the anthem. It, it's still a way of showing respect, but you're also still protesting in a silent, not, less non-disruptive, and not disrespectful way. This was what was said to Cap, so that's what he started doing. He takes a knee. I personally kneel with Cap. Well, at least I would if I ever watched another NFL game, but I refuse to. Uh, I have flat out, and this is a personal decision. I'm not calling for others to do this, but because of a bunch of reasons, I have flat out, and reasons that I mentioned in that previous uh, episode, I have flat out decided I'm not watching an NFL game again. No, not even the big game at the end of the year. You know they've actually copyrighted the word Super Bowl. If you make any money, they'll come and sue you. Anyway, um, hello, NFL. I'm not trying to make any money off of you. I, you can go fuck yourselves. If you want to sue me, fine. I don't have anything. You can have all my student debt. Good luck. Um, but essentially, again, Kaepernick was taking a knee back in 2016. What the NFL, again, remember, the league is collectively those 32 billionaires. What they did, one, he lost his job. Two, he couldn't get another job with another team. They effectively froze him out. Then they went and decided no one else can do that again. They actually changed the rules because, remember, the league, those 32 billionaires, can do that if they want to. They get together and they decide we're all going to agree this is what we're going to do. So they decided that um, if people were going to be on the field when the national anthem was played, they must stand. Um, if they choose not to stand and they can stay in the locker room, but don't come out there and not stand. You have to, you, you have to stand. If you kneel, they're going to get rid of you. Remember back when the, uh, the guy that calls himself president was yelling, get that son of a bitch out of there. So anybody who kneels, uh, during the anthem was a son of a bitch. You know, that was what the pussy grabber in chief had to say. All right. Now let's look at the NFL for a little bit, but understand that that was their point of view back then, you know, when Kaepernick was trying to you know, politely and non-violently and not very disruptively, just gently, silently take a knee in protest. And, you know, all the conservatives, all the right wingers, all the, you know, freaking, you know, Klansmen in expensive suits lost their fucking minds. They went absolutely berserk. He was disrespecting the country and the flag. No, he wasn't. He was trying to let the country know that it is murdering black men at a rate that is a unprecedented and not necessary and that people were not anywhere near aware of now today four years later cap still doesn't have a job and we've got protests turning into riots turning into calls to defund police there are fights left and right you got the president peer gassing people so he can hold up a a, a bible in front of a, a a riot damaged church and whatnot america's got 150 cities that have been burned or burning over this, and all Kaepernick was trying to do was bring awareness to what we all saw when George Floyd died. And the man still doesn't have a job. So back then, he lost his job. They pushed everybody out and won't let them protest. That's why I call it slavery, because you're not even allowed to gently protest while you're uh, wearing an NFL uniform. You know, you want their money, you have to do what they, they tell you to do in a sense. And by the way, let's talk about this for a little bit. People like to tell me, well, Zach, they make good money. I mean, for a time they do. If you look it up, I think the last I checked, the league minimum was a half million dollars a year. That's even for a rookie, and it goes up for how many years you're there. So back in 2017, the league minimum was $480,000. That was for a rookie. But if you were there for like a three-year veteran, it was $705,000 okay, per year, which isn't bad. I mean, I wouldn't sneeze at $480,000 a year. I'd fucking love it. Who wouldn't want a six-figure salary, a high or middle to high six-figure salary? But remember, that's not why people have People go to the NFL to become millionaires. 32 teams. Each one has a roster of 53 people on it. You know what the average salary for an NFL player is? The average salary, what they make per year. The average is $2.7 million per year. That's the average. So out of 53 teams, I'm sorry, 32 teams and 53 players per team, that's almost 1,700 people in the NFL, 1,696 players. 
the average salary is $2.7 million, which means some make more, but most do not. If the minimum is four hundred eighty to five hundred thousand dollars, or a little bit more if you've been there longer than a year, the average salary is just two point seven million dollars. Now look at the structure of the league. Again, thirty-two owners, none of them white. The NFL commissioner, who is paid by the owners, he's paid forty million dollars a year. The highest-paid player in the NFL, last I checked, was Russell Wilson, who signed a four-year, hundred forty million dollar contract. If you break it down, it's thirty-five million dollars a year. The highest-paid player in the NFL doesn't make as much as the mouthpiece who speaks for the billionaires that make up the NFL. So that's the first thing. The highest-paid player, and he is a Super Bowl-winning starting quarterback veteran. The highest player in the NFL makes $35 million a year. The commissioner makes $40 million a year. So he's already worth more than every man on the field. That's the first thing. Not to mention what happens to their bodies and the shit they got to go through just to get to the NFL. And most who try won't make it. There's only 1,700 people, 1,696 people who play for the NFL in any given year. Okay. Do you know the length of the average uh, career in the NFL is 3.3 years. So if the average salary is 2.7 million dollars a year, and they may only make it for three years or, or or less. Some of them have longer careers, but most do not. So 2.7 million dollars if you're lucky. 3.3 years if you're lucky. Remember, some of them are shorter. And by the way, the people that have the, their careers shortened that their careers end quicker than they expected, it's usually unexpected. It's usually suddenly. So you're going along, you're going along, you, you, you're making a million. Let's say you're making $2 million. You made $2 million last year. This year you're making $2 million. Bam. Oops. Pop knee. Now you're not making anything. So that doesn't last. That money doesn't last. Now you're in your mid to late 20s. You had a career ahead of you. Things have changed. What do you do now? Fall back on that degree you just got from Troy State. Because you ever went to a fucking class? Remember, there was a time when there was a significant number of players in the NFL that couldn't read. They didn't care as long as they could play football. Right? But so the highest paid players are quarterbacks. Out of the 32 teams, five of them have starting quarterbacks. Uh, A well-known figure in any NFL team is the head coach. The head coach, um, there are only two black head coaches in the NFL. I'm sorry, I think there's three, and that's uh, the lowest number. Actually, two was the lowest number since the Rooney Rule, which was put back in 2002. The Rooney Rule was essentially a, a policy the NFL self-imposed of affirmative action that requires each team to interview an ethnic minority, ethnic minority candidates before they make any decisions. They're not required to hire just to interview them. And we have the lowest number of, of head, black head coaches now than we ever did. of the league, 70% of the players are black, but only two to three head coaches, five quarterbacks, uh, no owners, and uh, last I checked, no GMs. So after that statement on May 30th, a week later, the NFL, again, through its uh, uh, mouthpiece, decided to change their minds. And they said, we... We're wrong. They issued a video statement and saying we were wrong. He never mentioned Colin Kaepernick, all right? But he said we were wrong for not listening to NFL players uh, earlier who were protesting uh, police brutality. We were wrong, they now say. All right? And that's what's interesting to me. Suddenly, we were wrong. Didn't mention Cap. We were wrong to be that way, to, to, to protest. We shouldn't have, have, have said that. We shouldn't have done that. The NFL players uh, released a video saying, what about me? What if I was George Floyd? And then you have this message released where he says, quote, we, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all players to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe that black lives matter. Damn it, Goodell and National Football League, you 32 billionaires who are in charge, if you believe that, give Cap his job back. He was peacefully protesting. 
you all responded like the whores you are to the rednecks in your stands and the idiot in the White House and changed all these rules and and squeeze cap out of a damn job. That was 2016. If you really believe Black Lives Matter, give the man his job back. He was trying to point out four years ago what you just acknowledged now. If you give a damn, give the man his job back. He's been trying since he lost his job. All he tried to do was bring awareness to what you're now willing to admit. He goes on to say, we, the National Football League, admit wrong, uh, admit being wrong in our silencing of our players for peacefully protesting. Uh, let me see what else did he say in here. Uh, no, I missed the rest of it. But anyway, it, it, he he flat out said, we're listening. I am listening. I will be reaching out to players, he said. He actually had the nerve to say, I stand with you in protest. Stand with. First of all, he recorded the, the, the second statement. Uh, it was a video recording where he's looking at a camera. Sitting, he looks comfortably in his fully furnished basement or something, possibly an office, but he doesn't stand with anybody. You stand with, put a mask on, and come outside. Join the protest. Were you watching through the walking through the streets of downtown Houston with the family of George Floyd? Were you really protesting? Do you even care, or is this another corporation? that realizes it needs to be on the right side of history or else lose some serious damn money. Did you get a call from them 32 billionaires to say, get your ass up there and make it sound like you mean it because they're worried about losing money? This man makes $40 million a year. The highest paid NFL player doesn't make that much money, but he does. The 32 billionaires are in charge. What are they mostly worried about? couple of things. One, 70% of their players are black. You piss off the black community, you may have a motherfucking problem. He acknowledged that in his statement too, where he said, without black players, the NFL doesn't exist. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. It's only been how damn long? 70% of your players are black and, and, and now you notice that it's important that they be kept happy? You didn't give a shit when it was capped. It's freaking ridiculous. 70% of that 1,696 people, 70% of them are black. And we're going to act like that, that their concerns aren't that important. Well, at least until it's noticeable, the wind changes, and suddenly public opinion is with those people. Suddenly, shit, you know what? Maybe we should uh, go ahead and make a statement and be a little bit more supportive and let people protest any way they want to. Maybe maybe we should revisit that. Hmm. Here's what I need you to do, Goodell. Call Colin Kaepernick's agent right now. Let him try out. Show up. Don't make a spectacle of it. Let him show what he's worth. You put him on the sidelines, let him come back. You basically are admitting you were wrong for firing him in the first place. Bring him back. That would go a long way towards healing some of the concerns I firmly believe you have right now. Because what your fear is, is that if you really piss off the black community, they'll leave. Because here's the thing. It doesn't take long for black folks to figure out, I mean, correction, sometimes it does, but eventually they'll figure out, you don't care about us. You want us to use our bodies and our talents, but you don't care if half of the players that leave end up with a CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, from getting their heads knocked about. You don't care if their knees are blown out and everybody's had to have a couple of surgeries by the time they retire. You want to make your money. Kaepernick was making his money. But he also realized he was a role model. He was somebody that the black community looked up to, and he had a platform. And what did he do? He didn't get up there screaming, fuck the police. He didn't get up there like I am, screaming, fuck the NFL. He took a damn knee to make a point, and it cost him his job. You care? 
You stand with the black community. You believe black lives matter. You support everyone's right to peacefully protest in the way that they see fit, particularly against the black oppression that you now acknowledge exists. Then don't be an oppressor. Give the man his job back. Until that happens, fuck the NFL. Now that I've said my piece, I'm going to take a break and I'll come back with another segment. Hopefully I will have had a drink and taken a breath by then. Be with you soon. Thanks for listening. Hey, folks, real quick uh, note before we go into the next segment here. I um, recorded this and um, was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants with a little bit of knowledge I had. I want to let you know that there's going to be a correction. Um, In the next section, you'll hear me talking about a particular person and the high school they went to. And I kept mentioning or naming uh, Carroll High School or South Lake Carroll High School uh, in the great state of Texas. Uh, I am wrong that this person actually went to Austin Westlake High School, another big high school, um, another big time high school football program in the great state of Texas. Uh, so just be aware, whenever you hear me talking about Carroll High School, um, that was an error on my part. Uh, I am an angry black man, but I'm not a perfect black man. So I do occasionally make mistakes. And this is me for once in my life admitting that I made a mistake. So when you hear me mentioning Carroll High School for the individual who was the feature of the next segment, please understand that what I meant to say, or rather I am correcting myself because that individual did not go to Carroll High School. They went to and played football at Austin Westlake High School, also in uh, the great state of Texas. Uh, Thank you. Now, back to your program. Okay, welcome back. Zach, you're a resident ABM. To the, this is the ABM podcast. So we were been talking about my, um, at this point, fairly well-known and understood views about the NFL. Something I want to bring up. Back when, back in 2016, 2016, I should say, when Colin Kaepernick began um, his gentle and silent protest, his kneeling, um, Another NFL quarterback had some comments. Now, um, y'all can take this the wrong way if you want to. You ever notice how sometimes when somebody does something or says something, usually if it's a woman or a person of color does something or says something, there's always a white dude that has to interject his opinion. Um, You would think they would just not, but they don't. They they just can't. Anyway, um, I want to point out uh, NFL quarterback Drew Brees, uh, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, back in 2016, um, had made some comments. He um, they did a recent, he did an interview with um, uh, ESPN, and they were asking him about that. You know, he decided to just, you know, they were because it was the big topic back then. You know, four years ago when Cap started kneeling, and he was kneeling to bring awareness to the way black people, particularly black males and young black males are treated by police in this country, you know, and of course, like I said earlier, white America, white America, KKK lost its mind, went berserk. They should find a better way to protest, blah, 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 whatever. So ESPN, you know, as they will do, went and stuck a microphone in Drew Brees' face. And Drew Brees, if I understand correctly, came from, um, he's actually from Texas. He's from Carroll, Texas. He played at Carrollton. Um, Those of you who know, Texas high school football in O'Carrollton is a very, very well-known, very large um, uh, program. It's a high school football program that is known for breeding quarterbacks. It is a huge, very well-known, very successful program. It's basically a mini college. So he went from, I believe, Carrollton to Purdue University, won the Rose Bowl, and got drafted and became a quarterback for the NFL and has won a Super Bowl. Remember back when the Houdat Nation was a big thing? Yeah, so football in the NFL has been very, very good to Drew Brees, as has America. Anyway, uh, back in 2016, uh, Brees decided to, you know, basically let his white privilege show um, when (laughs) the ESPN folks stuck a microphone in his face and asked him about Colin Kaepernick's protest during the National Anthem. Kaepernick 
said that, um, actually not Kaepernick, but Bruce said that um, Kaepernick's protest had been, quote, bothering him all day long, unquote, which is interesting. It bothers him because he, he decided to say that. And in, in, in his mind, the American flag is sacred, is what he said. By the way, Breeze is also very, very um, forthright with his faith. He's one of them good old Christians and whatnot. So he's a, you know, he's, he's, he's a good white boy. He's a good kid. He's a good white quarterback. Came from a big, you know, Texas football program. Played at a big time, well, a college football program. Well, big time. You know, it was a big program back then. They won the fucking Rose Bowl. But um. He went on to say that, you know, when he looks at the flag, it, it's sacred to him and his representative folks who kind of, you know, he remembers, he, he, he thinks that when he looks at the flag, he thinks of his, uh, you know, fathers and grandfathers who served or his father, his grandfather, some of his ancestors would serve is that he thinks about um, his hand over his heart, the emotions well up inside of him. And he thinks about having family members that served. Uh, listening to his grandfather talk about World War II gives him a heightened level of appreciation for them. When he thinks about the flag, he, he that's what he thinks about. He also thinks about his faith. Okay, um, that's what he said back then. Um, so he wholeheartedly disagreed with Cap's uh, uh, kneeling. And then recently, when this stuff came up again, he had something to say about it again. He, he, he liked going out there. He, he said, let me see. What was the quote here? He, had, he said to ESPN, when they asked about the, 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 the protest that Kaepernick was doing, Drew Brees said, oh, quote, I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. Not that he wants to speak out about a very important issue. He didn't name the issue. He just said it. No, he can speak about a very important issue. Again, he didn't name the issue. He just said very important issue. Then he goes on to say, quote, but there's plenty of other ways that you can do that in a peaceful manner that doesn't involve being disrespectful to the American flag, which is basically exactly what um, the current pussy grabber in chief said. Um, and later on, he went on to say, I'm not commenting on the issue itself because any person has the right to speak out on any issue they want. That's the great thing about being an American. But the American flag is what represents those freedoms. It represents the very freedom that Colin Kaepernick gets the opportunity to exercise by speaking out his opinion in a peaceful manner about that issue. He's just, he just chose to do it the wrong way. So, yeah, again, that's the whole stepping up into your privilege and saying what you want to say. Essentially, white dude saying, you know what, you know, I'm not going to say anything against him or the very important issue that he wouldn't freaking name. He just kept saying the phrase very important issue, almost as if he was trained. But he kind of just felt the need to sort of pee all over it and, and, and say, but there's a better way to do it in a peaceful manner. Well, he was kneeling. He was almost genuflecting during the national anthem and then standing up and playing. So a couple things I have issue with this. With this. Um, one, if it's a very important issue, uh, Drew Brees, just fucking say it. Why can't you say what it is that the point that he's trying to bring up? Did you not know what it is? Or do you not care? It's more important to you to be Mr. All-American white dude and say, you know, I, I got no problem with him, but, they, you know, and he was a little bit more gentle about it. I dealt, talked to some dudes at that time. They were racist as shit, you know. Ah, you got to stand up. Like I told you all before, the, the dude I talked to on the phone, million dollar niggers, right? I mean, th this is the way they talk to you. But Breeze was a little bit general. You know, no, no, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with him kneeling. Don't be disrespectful to the flag. First of all, it's not disrespectful to the flag. It doesn't damage the flag. He didn't do anything to the military. He doesn't disrespect the military or the country. What he was saying is that he is an American, a black American, and he's kneeling because people like him who aren't him catch hell from the same people that are wearing those American flags, wearing the seal of a city and wearing a badge and treating them like crap. And I know what he's talking about because I've been there. I've been treated like I was basically a threat, like I, I, I was a target. I've had cops laughing at me because they saw me scared because they were trying to find a reason to lock me up. I've had them search my car, my vehicle. This is back before I knew that they need a warrant to do that. I, I don't have to let them search me. Search my car. You know, basically, and they were trying to get me to admit I had something before they found it. And they were like, listen, if we find it and you don't tell us, it's going to go worse on you. Like, look, I'm not admitting to something I don't have. And so if you find something in my car, you planted it. You know, 
oh, and by the way, they'll do that. I'll talk about that in another time. But so, Drew Brees, if you have a real concern or if you really think it's that important an issue, just say it. Why can't you say it? And the thing is, it's not an issue to you. You don't freaking care, right? You're busy giving, uh, as Laura Ingram on Fox News said, generously to charity because that makes him a good white dude. Um, I don't know. I, I, I get a little annoyed at this stuff. So anyway, that's the first thing. Secondly, the other thing I take umbrage with is this idea that if you kneel during the anthem, you're not respecting the flag. And he thinks about his grandfather being in World War II. Back up, motherfucker. Let me explain something to you. My name is Zach Bud. All right. Uh, my parents raised three boys, my older brother, myself, and my younger brother. My older brother, my father, three of my uncles, three of my grandfathers, all the men in my family older than I am, many of whom are dead now, all of them served the United States of America in the U.S. military. Every last one of them. My older brother, who is now a Houston police officer, was in the Air Force. My father was in the Air Force. I got an uncle that was in the Air Force during Vietnam. My father also served in Vietnam. I got an uncle that was in the Marine Corps during Vietnam. I got an uncle that was a machine gunner carrying an M60 in Vietnam. My grandfathers, all of them, all of them served in the U.S. military. All of them in the army. Every last one of them. My grandfather, who just most recently passed away, not only did he serve during the Korean War, his uh, occupation was a barber. The man cut hair. He was a barber at, uh, I believe it's Fort Dix in New Jersey. For 65 years, he gave haircuts to the United States Army at Fort Dix for 65 years after serving in the Korean War. He just passed away this January. Every man in my family has served the United States military. But when they came back home from the Korean War, from the Vietnam War, they didn't come home to the hero's welcome that I'm guessing Mr. Drew Brees' grandfather returned to. No. They came back and though they had the GI Bill, or rather GI loans or veterans loans had to be redlined and had difficulty finding housing. My parents had to build a house in a brand new neighborhood in Albuquerque because they couldn't get the nice new, new neighbors. They had to build one, build a brand new one. They were treated like crap. My grandfather came back from the Korean War right smack dab into the middle of Jim Crow. My other two grandfathers served during World War II. Don't get me started with the shit they had to deal with on a regular damn basis just to live and make a living after wearing the uniforms and putting their lives, their black lives on the line for the United States of America. This country treated them like they didn't fucking matter. Treated every last one of them like they didn't matter. It still treats me like it did, like I didn't matter. My father right now is buried at the veteran cemetery up on the north side of Houston, among a bunch of other heroes. The difference is he was treated differently by the country he served. You know, that's why uh, Americans like Muhammad Ali said, no, I'm not going to fight in the Vietnam War. I mean, nobody in Vietnam ever called me a nigger. Why do you want me to go and fight for you over there when you won't even fight for me right here in the country where I live? No, I'm not doing it. So I don't want to hear that crap. There are way too many black lives since the Revolutionary War that have put themselves in line for this country to be relegated to chattel, to second and third class citizenry, to being called boy when you're a grown ass man, to being murdered because some white lady lied. I don't want to hear it. Can you imagine volunteering, donning the uniform, going to a foreign country you don't speak the language, putting yourself in harm's way, fighting for this nation just to come back and be told to sit in the back of the bus? To be told that this restaurant is whites only? 
to be told to come around to the kitchen and we'll throw you a burger? I don't want to hear that shit about your grandfather and the greatest generation. You forget every single great generation America has ever had, black people were right along with it. You talk about the wealth of this country. Who the fuck's backs do you think it was built on? So, yeah, I got problems with you, Mr. Drew Brees, saying that shit. Stepping your foot all up in your white privilege. Keep your opinions to your damn self. Some people have busted their asses for this damn country only to be redlined out of a decent home. Passed over for a job. Have their children threatened on a regular damn basis by the very people their tax dollars are paying to protect. I don't want to hear about this crap. So yes, if I, the son of, nephew of, and grandson of a whole bunch of black men who put their black asses in the way of the enemies of this country, if I decide to kneel during the national anthem, you best fuck believe I'm going to. They fought for me, not your ass. They fought for America. And they still had to keep fighting. They came home and weren't congratulated. They were called boy. They were lucky if they had a job when they came back. Fucking VI bill. My dad was able to stay in the military even after Vietnam and get his education and still couldn't get a decent damn job when he took the uniform off. Now I got people saying, thank your family for the service. Fuck you. How about this? Treat us like we matter. Treat our lives like we matter. Stop threatening us every chance you get. Stop threatening to call the damn cops because you get nervous. Amy Cooper. The man was bird watching and told you to put your damn dog on a leash. First thing you do is Becky it up, call the police and say an African-American man is threatening my life. Send the cops. Hurry. It's a terroristic threat. Tire of this shit. White people act like this is their damn country. First of all, you stole the land from people that don't look like you, brought other people over from another continent that don't look like you to build your wealth and then act like this is your land and people aren't respecting your country and your flag. Pussy grabber in chief can eat a bag of diseased dicks right about now. Like he ever wore a, 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 a uniform and served this damn country. Bone spurs my ass. So yeah, I get a little touchy about that. You know, what they fought and died for. You want to know the shit my family's been through? Including wearing the uniform and fighting and dying and then taking it off. When you're nine years old and watch your mother stare down an entire police department because the local white man is fucking with you. You tell me about America. Okay? My father used to talk about how he had to drive, you know, from one duty station to another. And when he drove to the South, he would not do it without his uniform on because a black man by himself in the, driving through the South may have problems. Maybe if he's wearing a uniform, at a minimum, they would figure if he turned up missing, somebody would come looking for him. And like, though they don't like to say it, racists in the South and all over America are genuinely afraid of the federal government. Usually they are. Unless, of course, there's a maniac in power who is basically giving them whatever they want. So I take umbrage with that, Mr. Breeze, about the flag and whatnot. I take umbrage with you saying things like, like, like you think about your grandfather and, and how it's disrespectful. They're not disrespecting the flag. What they are doing is using their right, their First Amendment constitutional right, to bring awareness. And it was the most peaceful of, 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 of protests. He simply knelt. Today, 150 countries are on fire, windows broken, people locked up, pepper spray and tear gas all over the damn place, people beaten by cops, zip ties out the yin-yang. Why? Because peaceful protests weren't working. So when people peacefully protest, you tell them find another way to protest and they don't and, and, and they're not being heard. Now, not only are people protesting, and it's not just black people, there are a lot of people out there in America protesting right now. Like I said, I was downtown uh, marching to City Hall in downtown Houston with the family of George Floyd. 
They thought there were going to be 20,000. There were 60,000 people out there and not just black. Suddenly, everybody's paying attention. Now, every company you look at is saying something about Black Lives Matter. Every CEO has got to make a statement. They can't just blow this over like it's a little bit of unrest in one corner of the country. The entire country smells like smoke, broken glass, pepper spray, and tear gas. This is serious stuff now. So anyway, that was four years ago, Drew Brees making them comments. And then he was defending them. And now he would like to apologize. And here's what he said. He got on Instagram. First of all, he used a stock photo of a black hand and a white hand uh, holding like a handshake. So he took so so that was his first attempt at an apology. Got some backlash for that. Then he just decided to video himself. And here's some of what he said, quote. I know that there's not much I can say that would make things any better right now. I just want you to see in my eyes how sorry I am for the comments I made yesterday because he was still saying about uh, uh, um, uh, Kaepernick kneeling. He was still holding to his original statements. He, he, and, and by the way, some of his teammates had some things to say to him. He goes on to say, I know that it, it hurt many people, especially friends, teammates, former teammates, loved ones, and uh, quote, people that I care and respect deeply. That was never my intention. I wish I would have laid out what was on my heart in regards to the George Floyd murder, Ahmaud Arbery, the years and years of social injustice, police brutality, and the need for so much reform and change in regards to legislation and so many other things to bring equality to our black communities. He continues, I, I am sorry, and I will do better. I will be part of the solution. <laughs> and then he says, and I am your ally. And I know no words will do that justice. So a couple of things. Uh, by the way, end quote. A couple of things I got to say here. One, if you ever, in my presence, call yourself an ally, I'm going to cuss you out all day long. Um I tend to stand alongside Feminista Jones, who suggests that allies are myth. They don't actually exist. Um, moreover, when you declare yourself an ally, it sounds like a, a lot like you're trying to give yourself a cookie for maybe being a decent white person. So I'm not I'm not here for it. That's the first thing. Uh, secondly, again, the apologies come after your initial statements were uh, uh, uh Basically, he received pushback, um, and you find out later that um, from his wife, they actually got death threats. Now, that was Drew Brees. His wife, Brittany Brees. Now, mind you, these two are millionaires, white millionaires, okay? His wife apologizes, and she apologized pretty significantly. Uh, let me see here and find this article real quick. It was on an Instagram post on the quote-unquote Brees Dream Foundation because, you know, everybody – wealthy, especially white in America, has to have a foundation that does charity work for the tax write-off, but also because they're the good white people. All right. And she writes this quote. This is a Brittany Breeze. She says, quote, I write this with tears in my eyes and I hope you all hear our hearts. I have read these quotes in scripture a thousand times and every time I read it and the words sink into my heart, I think, yes, this is what it's all about. Only until the last few days, until we experienced the death threats we experienced, the hate, did I realize that these words were speaking directly to us. How could anyone who knows us or had interactions with us with, uh, or, or has had interactions with us think that Drew or I have a racist bone in our body? But that's the whole point. Somehow, we as white America, we can feel good about not being racist. Feel good about loving one another as God loves us. She was using some uh, quotes earlier from um, both Martin Luther King and the Bible, because, again, they're good Christians. She said, goes on to say, quote, we can feel good about educating our children about the horrors of slavery and history. We can read books to our children about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Hank Aaron, Barack Obama, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, and feel like we are doing our part to raise our children to love, be unbiased and with no prejudice to teach them about all of the African-Americans that have fought for and risked their lives against racial injustice. Somehow, as white Americans, we feel like that checks the box of doing the right thing. Not until this week did Drew and I realize that, and this is in all caps, that this is the problem. 
she goes on to say, uh, to say, I don't agree with disrespecting the flag. I now understand was also saying, I don't understand what the problem really is. I don't understand what you're fighting for. And I'm not willing to hear you because of our preconceived notions of what that flag means to us. Sounds like Mrs. Breeze got it. But it took death threats to get her there. Thank you, Brittany. She continues, quote, that's the problem. We are not listening. White America is not hearing. We're not actively looking for racial prejudice. We have heard stories from men and women we have known and loved for years about the racism that occurred in their lives, stories that were never shared or talked about because somehow they were considered normal. To all our friends and anyone we hurt, we will do better. We want to do better. We want to hear you, and we will fight for you because thinking we are not part of the problem is checking the box uh, is the is checking the box. It means we are not doing enough. It is our job to educate ourselves. We are sorry. She says we are the problem. She gets it. So I hear in that writing from Mrs. Drew Brees, Miss um, Brittany Brees, she gets it again from her wealth writing on the page of the Drew Brees Foundation because she's an NFL wife, right? An NFL quarterback's wife and a Super Bowl champion NFL quarterback's wife. His wife apologizes. She says we are the problem. Uh, and But it took death threats to get them there. So I guess, hey, thanks for coming around to at least they said the right thing. And I like to hope they believe this. Again, I don't trust altruism from people. I wonder why it took death threats to get you there. Uh, some of us live under a death threat damn near every day of our lives, Mr. Breeze. And we aren't multi-million dollar quarterbacks. Colin Kaepernick knows that even as an NFL quarterback, he can catch some hell. And he did. But all he did was kneel. Try to bring some awareness to something that you couldn't understand. And didn't get it until people were hurling death threats at your ass. Because people in America are pissed. And what I'm seeing now in the example of you and the commissioner who works for the cartel known as the NFL and the richest man in America, Jeff Bezos, and all these other people are suddenly starting to get it. The wind is turning. You, you can't get away with this shit anymore and blow it under the rug and act like it's one bad apple or a couple of, 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 of just discontents. Okay? That's not going to work anymore. Because we all saw George Floyd be murdered on video in front of us. We saw them lean on his neck. We saw another cop stand right next to him and tell people, this is why you don't do drugs, folks. We saw the callousness with which he was treated after he was unconscious, flipped onto the damn stretcher like like, like he was, I don't know, a, a fish they just hauled out of a river and carried off. We all saw it. And we know that that shit goes on. So now you're starting to get what some of us go through. Death threats, unhappiness. You're starting to pay attention to the fact that the pain that real American, black American, fathers, grandfathers, mothers, and uh, sons, and men like myself go through. You're realizing that when I walk out of my door, when I step outside the door of ABM headquarters of my beloved Zach Cave, I walk into a society that has proven over and over again it wants nothing more than to incarcerate or kill me. Now you're paying attention because from your comfortable home and your wealth, because you've been able to, to, to be an NFL quarterback, mind you, there's only five who are black out of the 32 starting NFL quarterbacks, but you've been one of the ones that's been able to become a multimillionaire and sit in a comfy home and not have to deal with any of this stuff. You've been the star quarterback since you were a high school player back in Carroll, Texas, or Carrollton. It's all different now. Suddenly you're sorry. You're going to do better. There's a part of me that would like to hope that maybe you will actually start taking some action. I'll be impressed when you bring your high-paid ass down to the street Hold up a sign. March along with the rest of us. I'll be impressed when you do that. I'll also be impressed when you actually publicly apologize to Colin Kaepernick, your former colleague, former co-worker, because he was also an NFL quarterback. But he doesn't have a job right now, Drew. Kaepernick doesn't have a job right now because he kneeled. And the cartel that you all work for Put him out of a job. So I repeat, 
fuck the NFL. You all owe everyone an apology. Drew Brees, you owe an apology, a better one than the couple that you've managed to launch. Your wife has done a better job. Maybe you should find out who's been writing her uh, speeches for her. Or maybe I'm wrong and she wrote it herself. I will allow for that. But understand that some of us aren't that impressed yet. You got more work to do. And this goes for all white folks. Y'all got some work to do. You want to impress me? Start by apologizing to Kaepernick and then use your platform to lobby for that man to get his job back. All he did was kneel peacefully. And y'all got shit to say. Because no matter where you go in America, when a black man is trying to make a statement, there's always some white dude that wants to talk over him. I'm waiting to be impressed, Drew. Your wife made a step closer than you did. I'm still waiting to be impressed. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your ass where your mouth is. You play for the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of black folks down in New Orleans that would love to see you be the the, the good white person you seem to pretend to be. The good Christian you like to say that you are. I'm waiting to be impressed, uh, Drew Brees. And for right now, I'm done with this topic. As always, I am Zach, your resident angry black man. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Uh, by all means, share the podcast with your friends. Um, and uh, hey, if you want, you can always find me and try to um, help sponsor a little bit. I'd appreciate it. Um, definitely check out anchor.fm if you want to start your own po- podcast. I'm going to get out of here and go burn off some steam. Uh, again, this has been Zach from ABM headquarters, your resident angry black man, reminding you that Zach lives matter. <laughs>